am so happy to be here this morning with episode 19, although it's not maybe morning for you. <laughs> it's a beautiful morning for me. This is the you, you Made New podcast. I'm JC. Um, and I, it's hit me this week. This is what we're doing with this season. We're going to wrap it up actually in episode 19 and 20. So we have two more. What really struck me the most is I've been pondering this. Where's this going? What, what can we do with the, the rest of this season? And what really came, became clear was that we're, we're all so different and the needs of our mind um, in being made new are so unique and so complex and there's no way in a season I can ever ever go over all the different ways that we need to be made new I mean it's just so individual what I'm hoping that this season has accomplished is to kind of outline the journey outline the path what it looks like to begin to come to Christ and offer him our minds and let him make them new. I I think we've definitely gone over several examples, the three-part series on fear and how he can calm all of that in our mind, where we've talked about um, people-pleasing and, and our frantic drive to obtain others' approval and how he can calm that down. We've talked about so many different um, examples of false beliefs, of ways that our minds have been misdirected, misguided, broken, damaged, whatever it may be, and how he can come in, shine a spotlight on those things, and then gently and walk us to a place of health in our minds. We've talked about the idea of metanoeo, a shift in our mind where we call it repentance in the scriptures, but it's so much more beautiful than we ever give it credit. It's a change of mind so powerful that it changes our life. So again, I'm hoping through the 20 episodes that we'll end up having with this season that it will spur anyone who's listening to continue the journey for yourself. We've talked about the battle of the mind, about the helmet of salvation. I mean, we've really kind of, I hope, outlined enough that now it can be a springboard for you to continue this on your own, this process of being transformed reconstructed, of being given a sound mind, as we first talked about in Second Timothy. So um, the thing we're going to, we're covering today, it's funny, I'm even working on a manuscript on this, um, much of what we've talked about in this season. I'm, I don't know what's going to happen with it. I'm not making any promises. I know the publishing world, but the theme that I'm pulling out of that manuscript, it's become a huge one for me. And I think it's kind of an overarching theme for, for this entire season. It needs to kind of be a mindset as we close out that we keep front and center as we continue this journey. It comes from um, the familiar scripture. We're going to use a couple different places, but the first one comes from Matthew 11. I know you know this. We quote this so many times. In fact, I probably used it in the podcast. I never remember what I've read, but Matthew 11 28 through 30, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's our theme. Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
So I think when we first, at least when I have first um, heard that scripture and imagined what he's talking about, I think sometimes we jump back to like our last episode, like, you know, I'll rest in him when I'm in solitude, those quiet moments with him in my scriptures, you know, but then I have to close it, the scriptures and go back to the crazy. And that's when the rest ends, right? Like I have these little snippets of rest when I'm maybe sitting in a powerful church service or I'm, I'm, I'm away from the stress and strain and I'm able to pray. Those are my little pockets of rest. And most of us have experienced those. If we're a believer in Christ and if we've known him for any amount of time and followed him, we probably are beginning to understand how he can give us rest. We've probably experienced it on some initial level. I know I had because over the years, again, I'm almost 50. I've cried out to him again and again. Um, through many different scenarios, and I have had him calm my storm. So I know something of his rest. But what we're going to do in this episode is go way, way, way deeper than that. We're going to look at a concept that takes this idea of rest and blow it up (laughs) much, much bigger so that we see this little um, three-verse passage from Matthew 11 and think, wow, wow, did I, did I even begin to understand what he was talking about with rest? I thought I knew, but, but I hope by the time we're done, we've made it uh, much more beautiful and, and bigger and more powerful in our lives than just little packets of rest here and there, as good as those may be. Okay, I'm not saying that isn't a great place to start with him, to learn that rest, but, but let's take it Let's take it much farther in this episode. So what we're going to do is we're going to take it there by turning to Hebrews chapter four. That entire chapter, Paul is trying to teach us to see rest in a new way. Um, And sometimes it's tricky with Paul to get through the words, but, but Hebrews chapter four, again, we've got to see, we've got to pull out the pieces that are really going to outline this for us. So he begins... In Hebrews chapter four, the very first verse, he says, let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. And if you should seem to come short of it. So taking that apart, there is a promise that we can enter into his rest, Paul says. So we should fear lest we're going to come short of it, lest we're going to not be able to enter in. Um, Notice here. That he's talking not just about little snippets of rest, but actually entering into something he calls rest. So keep that process in mind because you're going to hear him repeat that over and over and over. I'm, um, I'm looking up really quickly Hebrews 4 in the NIV because, um, oh, I went to the wrong app. <laughs> Isn't that always how it goes? I think I have it open on my other app. We'll see if it... Um, the NIV... I actually have a physical NIV. Um, I have my app for all the other translations, but I bought an NIV because I love the new international version. Sometimes it just helps me to jump between the King James and the NIV because it says it in a simpler way. And I go, oh, that's what Paul was talking about. So the first verse of Hebrews 4 in the NIV says, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. So he's saying, okay, don't miss this. You can enter into Christ's rest. Now he continues, and I'm not going to read every verse 
in the next like eight, 10 verses, he mentions the idea, sorry, first 11 verses, mentions the idea of entering in eight times in those short verses. He says it again and again. So he's making sure that we understand this is something, a state you can enter into. Think of the, the phrase enter in. When I enter into a building, I go into that building. I become part of it. I'm enjoying the benefits of being there. I'm staying there. It's something I enter into. And I'm going to suggest, as we talk about this, that we can enter into Christ's rest and stay there. See, right now we're like, well, for most of my life, yeah, I go I go into that state every once in a while. But man, I have diapers and laundry and traffic and deadlines and I don't stay in a state of rest. But I'm going to suggest that is exactly what Paul is talking about. That you, this is something that we can enter into and stay there and stay there. Um, The other thing we kind of need to pinpoint, I think the reason we get so mixed up with this idea is because a lot of us think literally, right? And we think that rest means my outward circumstances. Like rest is when I'm, I'm not doing all that stressful stuff. And I'm able to step away from it and find rest. That's the only way in the first, you know, 30, 40 years of my life that I thought it was possible to find this rest. But that we know to enter into his rest, we think, well, I, I can't stay in that place because I've got a life to live. I mean, even back in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, Adam is told by the sweat of your face, you're going to eat your bread all the days of your life. You are going to have to work to provide for yourself. So that's never going to change. So you're going, okay, JC, no, I have a life. I can't stay in that. It's nice that he offers me rest and I've experienced it every once in a while, but I can't, I can't stay there. <laughs> I, what I'm saying is I'm throwing it out there that it is possible if we see it not as a physical rest, not as rest from our chores and our work and our boss. And I'm talking about an emotional, spiritual, mental rest that can stay with us in the middle of the craziest storms, the worst circumstances, the most stressful things that we could be going through mentally We enter in and we stay in a place of rest through Christ. Um, It goes with that scripture I've used again and again. You probably haven't memorized by now because I've used it so many times in Isaiah 26, 3, where it says he will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on him. Notice the word keep. He doesn't say you get to visit that place of perfect peace every once in a while when your life is calmed down, right? I'm going to keep you there. I'm going to keep you. And again, we've talked about this. I'm just using the Hebrews 4 idea from Paul to say, no, we've really got to hone in on the fact that this is something we can enter into and stay and stay. So how, <laughs> how do you do that? And again, this is tying into a lot of what we've talked about. We've already talked about some of the ways mentally, I mean, our three-part series on fear was on this, right? On how to enter into his rest in very fearful circumstances and be able to stay there in a calm, peaceful place, even when the world is falling apart. So again, I'm kind of reinforcing that, but let's really end this season 
with this is our goal. That through, no matter what we're going through, we're, our mind has been made new in a way that we've entered into his rest. So he actually, Paul does in Hebrews 4, he uses the rest of the chapter to kind of talk about how then. He goes over and over the first 10, 11. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. You can enter into the rest. The children of Israel missed it. They missed it because of unbelief. They missed it because they hardened their hearts. And there's some that flat out don't enter in ever for their entire lives, Paul says. I'm paraphrasing. (laughs) But, But if this is something that it's possible to miss, don't we need to be careful and go, okay, then what do I need to do? What do I need to do that I can experience this and stay there for the rest of my life? So he goes into the final five verses and it almost feels like he's going on a tangent. Like, well, okay, he's not talking about rest anymore. Now he's over here talking about this. And I'm going to suggest, no, he is very um, specific in the last five verses. He's taught you that you can enter in. He's taught us through Hebrews four, that it's possible to miss it through unbelief. So then he says in verse 12, in the King James, The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, again, for years when I would read this, that, that felt like such a shift for me. Like he wasn't even talking about the same thing anymore. He's going over here to talk about the word, which I agree with everything he said in that verse. It is quick and powerful and sharp and, and can pierce. But think about this for a minute. Everything we've talk, been talking about in season two. He says, okay, mentally you can enter into rest. So the word, his word, he can come to you and pierce your very soul and spirit deep down to the joints and marrow. And he can discern the thoughts and intents of your heart that are keeping you from this rest. You come to him. He's going to use that sharp two-edged sword to pierce down underneath the false belief, to blow them out and show us all of the things that are keeping us from that perfect peace that's been promised us through Isaiah 26. He can discern all the thoughts and intents of the heart. He knows our minds better than we can ever even know ourselves. He knows all those hidden corners we've talked about. He can discern all of that. In verse 13, he finishes this. He says, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He sees it all. He knows that hot mess in your mind, even if you don't understand it. Even if you've been in a place of denial and rationalization and blindness. And and like I had talked about in so many different ways, my people placing different things that we've outlined. I didn't even see it. I didn't even understand it. But it was naked and open to him, to the eyes of him. He knew every thought and intent of my heart. And he knew what was keeping me from rest. So now Paul finishes and says, okay, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession for we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows that all of it, he knows everything you've been through. He understands why you are where you are, why your mind is 
is spinning out of control in these different ways. In all points, he was tempted like we are yet without sin. Therefore, he says, let us, oh, I said it backwards. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy for our minds and find grace to help in time of need. Here's the NIV. Therefore, since we have that great high priest who ascended into heaven, let us hold firmly to the faith we, faith we profess. I mean, if we profess that he's our savior, he can redeem and restore and renew, then do we need him for anything more than this? We want to enter into this rest, but we can't because so often we're held back by so many different things that clutter up our mind. But he knows all of it. So let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, the NIV says. Confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Have we experienced enough with him? Enough through the years to see what he is capable of? Maybe we haven't seen the deep things yet. Maybe we're just getting started in our journey. But we can start to come with confidence knowing he can change my mind. Not only that, but he can change it in a way that brings me to a place of rest, of rest that I can stay in. Let me um, kind of finish with a story in my own life that taught me this on such a level. I have never been the same. I've never seen this the same. It was only a couple of years ago. And again, I'd experienced rest on certain levels before. It wasn't something I was unfamiliar with, Christ's rest. But... I was coming through a season where I was so, my plate was so full. I was working two jobs at two clinics and had a bunch of other stuff with kids. And I just felt so overwhelmed. And I'd really been praying again and again, please lighten my load. I'm so tired. I need rest. Please help me to, to just be able to get on top of this. I'm just drowning. I'm just drowning. And I'd been praying about that for I mean, weeks, probably a couple months even. And what happened is I was, I was called in by my congregational leader in our denomination. Um, our, our leadership is volunteer. It's lay leadership. So we kind of take turns. And he called me in and sat me down and said, JC, I feel very strongly that the Lord wants you to take a turn um, being in charge of our women's organization right? and, and be the leader f- over all of that for a time. It's normally for a couple years and then someone else will get a turn. And, um, again, I've, I've done things like that before, <laughs> but the timing with this one was like, oh, uh, like I, I could feel it was coming from the Lord. That's the hardest part about it was I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. Like, Lord, did you not hear what I was praying about? Like, I, this is kind of the opposite of what I was asking for because it's a very busy responsibility. There's a lot entailed to kind of um, be in charge of some of those things. And I went home again. I didn't tell him no because I could feel it was coming from the Lord. And I'm like, what are you up to? What? Why? I, I just, again, there are times when he just throws us and we're like, okay, I don't understand you at all. So again, a tears, like tears, like I, I can't put more on my plate. I can't. I'm breaking as it is. So I started studying, started reading, and I again was led to Matthew 11. 
Come unto me if you're heavy laden, I will give you rest. And it, long story short, the idea that he began to press upon my mind was, JC, if the load is heavy, you're not letting me carry it. I can, I can put even more on your plate because I'm going to be carrying all of this. You're going to be relying on me. There's no heaviness. The load should be light. He uses the word easy in that passage. And so it began a process in me. I, I accepted that responsibility. I dove into that. Not, not really. I mean, a lot of trepidation. Like I, I really don't know how this is going to work. Um, and again, this has happened at other times in my life where he, he put more on my plate. You know, that whole adage about he'll never give you more than he can handle. Oh, that's so not true. (laughs) I just don't believe that's true at all. He totally has done it many times, way more than I can handle. But you know what I found? I found that as I turned all of it over to him, all of it, I didn't, um, I didn't feel the weight of it because he was carrying it. And he would give me the energy and the strength. He would give me the direction of what I needed to focus on and what I could let go. And we moved forward and I began to shift into a place where I think before I was overwhelmed because I was trying to take too much on myself. I wasn't relying on the him the way that I needed to. And the way he got me out of that was to heavy make a heavier load so that I would finally buckle in my own strength and say, all right, I give uncle. And he'd say, no, all along, you've ne- it's never meant to be this way. Rest in me comes by giving me all your cares, all your your concerns. In fact, in Paul, in Hebrews chapter 4, Paul describes that as those who enter in. It says in verse 10 of Hebrews chapter 4, He that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works. Ceased from his own works. Which is exactly what happened to me in that season of life. I had been carrying the load, but now it all, it was just too heavy. It, I had to cease from my own works, from my own agenda for all of these things and just turn it all over, which again, this would be a whole different episode, but we're out of time in terms of turning our load over, turning our burden over. But I found rest in the midst of the busiest season I'd ever been in. And at that moment I went, okay, this is what he means. It's mental. It's emotional, spiritual. It's not physical. What we're handling on the outside may be incredibly heavy, but entering into Christ's rest means in my mind, surrendering all my cares to him and allowing him to carry those burdens, to strengthen me so that I'm able to do what he asked me to do. And I'm, I'm at a place of perfect peace, like Isaiah 26, 3 says, because my mind is fixed on him, not because my circumstances have changed. Oh, I hate when the clock goes too fast. I'm staring at it going, no, I need 20 more minutes. And again, we're going to have one more episode. I'm throwing this out there and maybe the Lord does this on purpose because then I can't hijack the whole thing and explain the whole thing. Then I'm hopefully bringing more questions where you're like, wait, wait, you're finished. Take it to the Lord. I just introduced the idea. Take it to the Lord. Chew on it with him. Go over Hebrews 4 with him. Go over Matthew 11 with him. Take your own burdens to him and let him heal them, lighten them, and bring you to a place where you truly enter into his rest and stay there. Have a wonderful day, peaceful day. Let him carry you and enjoy that every moment of that ride. Thanks for joining me.